0: Amen. Excellent. His name is excellent. He is excellent. Yes, he is. He's the best. <laughs> None like unto our God. You know, there's, there's, there's no opponent. There's no competition. There's nobody like him. We get to be a little bit like him because we're related to him. Amen. But there's nobody like our God. Amen. We're so grateful today. Let's give the choir a hand. Let's thank him again. They also tell you, don't touch your face, which is kind of hard to do sometimes, because while they were saying, while well, was, I was just watching the news, and the, and the lady from the CDC was there talking about stuff, about don't touch your face, and while she was saying that, she's going like this, <laughs> you know, so, um, but God has not given a spirit of fear, amen, amen, and you don't have to buy all the water in the world. Amen. I know Costco and Sam's Club is cleaning up, getting all that money. Y'all go ahead. Let's look at together the word of God. In Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12, Jesus is talking to the multitudes. They're all over him. They always follow him. And in Luke chapter 12, there's a lot of things are said by Christ. And um, it's possible that all these things weren't said at the same time, but that the writer Luke by inspiration of the Holy Ghost, just put these things together like that. I mean, Jesus said them all, but maybe not in that same setting, okay? And part of it sounds a little bit like the Sermon on the Mount, you know, and some other things, and he also warns them. He, you know, he gives them some warnings and things like that. And then somebody, you know, some selfish individual, asks him a good question in Luke chapter 12, verse 13. He says, one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. Uh huh. Now, what you have to understand that back in the day, the tradition, and actually it was law, that the, if there was two sons, the oldest son got the double portion. Remember we talked about the prodigal son, right? The two sons, actually both sons were lost. One was lost outside the house, one was lost in the house, but we'll talk about that in some other time. Um, the oldest son gets a double portion, right? Because the oldest son is supposed to be the leader of the clan, the family, because these folks didn't just, never, you know, they didn't grow up and leave the house necessarily. Everybody stayed together, you know, like Joe, like Jacob and his family. You know, they stayed together. The oldest son is supposed to be the leader of the clan, so he needs a double portion of the inheritance So he could take care of the family business and those kind of things. And so you got this brother here saying, want Jesus to tell his brother to give him, to share his inheritance with him. And it's possible that he only got, his brother got two-thirds, and he only got one-third. And look what Jesus said in verse 14. And he said to him, he said, man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? Right? He said, I'm not a judge, it's not my job. You know, Jesus is not the judge like, like Moses was a judge. And they came to Moses with stuff. Samuel was a judge. They came to Samuel with stuff. Jesus said, that's not my job. Okay? And he said unto him, take heed, beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not of the abundance of things which he possess. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, a gr- the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plenty. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This I will do. I will put down my barns, I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods. Laid up for many years, take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. That's the American dream, y'all. Right? But look what Jesus said. He says that life does not consist of the abundance of stuff that you have. If you look at the story, it says the ground, of a, the dew was already rich. And the ground brought forth fruit. Right? And he made some money. He was rich and he made money. Uh-huh, you know people like that. Praise God. I'm praying that you be that people. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with being rich, y'all. When the Bible says it's hard for a rich man to go through the eye, it's easier for the camel to go through the iron needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. Right? You're already in heaven. All right? So don't worry about being rich. If you can be rich, go on with it. Cause you already you already punched your ticket, amen. And the eye of a needle, by the way, was an entrance way where where the where um it's like an entrance way shaped like the eye of a needle, and the you get the camel through. You had to take the the burdens off the camel, push the camel through, carry the stuff through, then put it back on the camel. That's a lot of work, okay. All right, that's why I say it's, it's easier for the camel to do that than for a rich man to get into heaven because, you know, because people who depend on their riches and their supply, they miss the they miss the blessing. But you can be rich and show enough save, y'all. Come on now. Amen. Now, since you already saved, y'all might as well be rich. I don't mean lottery rich. Because that's here, that stuff, those folks, they lose that money as soon as they win it. Uh-huh, We're talking about old money rich. I mean, like you work, you made the money and you passed it down to your next generation, and they you know stuff like that. You know, don't get confused. I know'm going way off track right now, but let me say this. The Bible does say that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the saints, but don't you think that somebody who got this old money in their family is going to give it to you just because you saved? And you don't hardly pay your tithes. You don't contribute, you don't share, you're stingy and greedy. The Lord's not laying that, That you're not getting any of that. That's what the Lord's talking about this guy here. He's talking about covetous. To be covetous is to desire something that belongs to someone else. And that inheritance belongs to a brother. Whether it's fair or not, that's how it was done. Right, And it's wrong for him to covet his brother's inheritance. The commandment said, thou shalt not covet anything which is thy neighbor's. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you because it talks about the wife and the house and the ass and stuff and things. Right, But basically anything that belongs to somebody else, you desire it, you're wrong. Let's go back to what it says here. And he's speaking parallel in in verse 17. And he thought within himself, he thought within himself, so what am I going to do for all this stuff? Now, he's already rich, and he got stuff. You know what he should do? He should spend $500 million and run for president. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Y'all forgive me. Okay, Um, Mr. Bloomberg, don't mind. He got all the money. All right, so check it out. So he's already rich, and he got all this abundance, and he says... What am I going to do? He has a problem. He has a problem. He perceives he has a problem, and the problem is how to store up the stuff. Now, I got some suggestions for him, right? But I'm not there. Jesus did not give him any. You know, well, he's a, it's a parable. So Jesus is not there to give him suggestions either, right? But what I'm saying is that there's some things he could have done. He 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 could have shared it. He could have sold it. You know, he could have sold the stuff, right? He could have sold some of that grain and stuff like that and have some cash money to buy stuff later in his future, right? He, he, he could have given some of it to the poor. Oh, my God, what a concept. He could have done something. He could have fed the hungry. He could have done something like that. He could have passed it around to some of his relatives whom he loved or despised, you know? He could have done something like that, right? He could, have been, he, could have shared, he could have sold it and invested the money and keep on being rich. No, but what does the greedy dude do? He builds bigger barns and stores it up in the big barns. And look what Jesus says. So look, look, let's look at the rest of the story. Verse 19, I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years, Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Verse 20. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whom shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Lord have mercy. Listen. Don't, don't, we're not saying that you can't have an investment. We're not saying you shouldn't have savings. We're not saying that we do, that you do not provide for your future and that you should look forward, that you can't look forward to retirement. You got to work every day of your life. We're not saying those things. What the Lord is saying here is that if all you're getting, you need to get some understanding and with all the stuff you need to consider not just yourself, but others and see what the Lord would have you do. Now, this is not the guy that Jesus told to sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. And the man was broken. He was broken. His heart was broke. Right? He said, I kept the commandments from my birth. I had been a good boy. You know, I honored my parents and all that good stuff. And Jesus said, you only lack one thing. Just sell what you have, come with me. And dude was brokenhearted. And Jesus is not telling everybody to do that, right? But what he's saying, that you want to be rich towards God. What you sow in the natural is going to stay in the natural, but what you sow in the spirit will remain with you forever, right? So if I sow in natural things, those natural things will be natural things, and they will dissolve one day. But But if I sow in the spiritual things, those things are going to carry me over. They're not going to carry me over. They're going to, carry with me. They're going to be carried with me over. You know how they say you can't take the heaven with you? You know, the car and the stuff and the things and the possessions, you can't take to heaven with you. But when you sow into the ministry and when you sow to the poor and when you sow to the things that the Lord leads you to sow to, there's reward for you in heaven. Amen? There's reward for you in heaven. You know, I, I, I have a problem as a minister, and I do a lot of funerals, and I have a problem. Whenever I get a chance to tell the family that's grieving, when they listen to me, I say, don't buy a Cadillac and put that in the ground. Don't spend all that money and put it in the ground. No, get, go, be economical. You know, do something. Honor your, honor your deceased one who doesn't care what you do right now, but honor the deceased one, but don't spend everything in that. that oh, it's beautiful. Those caskets are lovely. But what you're going to do with it, you only keep it for a couple of days, then you throw it in the dirt, and you dispose of it, right? And I try to tell people, don't, don't spend that kind of money. And, you know, sometimes they listen. But you know, but they what, oh, 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 oh it's my, my mama. It's my brother. It's my whoever it is, and they they got to do. They got to say everybody knows stuff like these and the stuff they do. Thing thing thing. You know. What are we saying? Be wise with your funds. Be wise with your funds. All right, and don't try to be like this guy who says I, I'm at, He's at ease, y'all. He said, I "Got nothing else to do here. He has no. He doesn't have to work. He has no ministry, and he evidently has no concern for. He must be uh, only no family members or anything like that, you know, because he's all alone in this story. And he's gonna kick back, you know, grab the remote, and don't do anything else for the rest of his life. But his life. He didn't know his life was over that same day. Can you imagine the dude?" Imagine this. How long does it take to build a barn? I don't know. I don't know how long that takes. But I imagine it takes a little while. Right? Maybe it's got to take some time, you know, some weeks, some months. I don't know. Let's say the best it takes are weeks. And so after you build the barn, you get the workers to build it, of course. You build the stuff up, and, and you look at it, and then you get the message from heaven. Fool. Today, you're going to die. That moment where he got that word from God, none of that stuff will matter anymore. None of that stuff matters. The fruits, the barn, the property, the riches, none of that stuff matters when you have to answer to the Lord right now. All right? You know, these, there's other stories about rich people, the rich man in Lazarus, and the rich man died and went to hell and, and it was in the bosom, and Lather died and was in the bosom of Abraham. And, and he asked Father Abraham because they was able to talk some kind of way because they, this is before people went to heaven. They went to Shield, They went down, right? They went to a place where the saints were gathered, and there was another place where the non-saints were gathered, and evidently they was able to see each other. And he asked Abraham to let Lather come and quench the tongue, Right? And, you know, all those riches don't matter then, does it? It won't matter. And Abraham said, we can't do that. We can't come over there. You know, well, send him back and preach to my brothers. And Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. If they don't hear him, they're not going to hear somebody who raised from the dead. Right? That was a deep saying because Jesus raised from the dead. And so anyhow, so those riches won't matter then. Okay? It don't matter how rich you are when you're in a coma. Does it? No. I mean, it matters because you got a doctor bill. It matters that way. But the brother, the woman, the man in the coma is not going to be worried about their riches. Right? They worry about their recovery if they have a worry at all. So, what do we say? We're saying, take your stuff, take your substance, and honor God with it. Okay? Honor God with your substance. Be wise in those things. Make, you make your wise investments, but invest in the kingdom too. All right? Um, your tithes are not an investment, y'all. It's a, I want you to see it as an obligation, like a bill, like, like mortgage and public service and those things. See it as an obligation. Y'all say, "Amen." Now, come on. I know you don't. I know you don't want to do that, but help yourself out. and, You know, think about it. See it like an obligation, right? Um, pay your ties, pay your debts, pay yourself. Amen. Right. Pay your ties, pay your debts, pay yourself, um, and contribute. Contribute. Um, to ministry and charity and things like that. And and do it in secret. Amen? Amen. And, And let the Lord bless you. The Lord will bless you. If you do that, he'll bless you with more that you can contribute more. You can save more and contribute more. The Lord will do that for you. There's no prohibition against being rich. Go on with yourself and make money. Go ahead. Just do what the Lord asks you to do with it. And thankfully, the Lord has not told any of you here to sell everything you got and go on the field. Amen? Amen. Don't be afraid of that. The Lord, he doesn't do stuff like that. Ah, God has a sense of humor, but he won't mess with you. He won't mess with you, all right? Try not to be covetous. I know some of y'all are jealous. Right? You got... David said my foot almost slipped when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Right? And you know, our feet almost slipped too. And you feel some kind of way when you see these um, individuals do well and you know they're not even trying to do right, but they do well. How can they do well when they don't do right? It doesn't seem fair. But you see it happen all the time. And you're doing right and it feels like I'm not getting where I want to be. Don't, don't. Your God sees it. He sees it. Your time is coming. I believe your time will come. You continue obey God and do the right thing, and He'll He'll satisfy you, right? Uh, He may not satisfy you with a bunch of riches. I wish I had a prosperity gospel I could believe, you know. But uh, He'll satisfy you either way. Paul said, "I learned how to be rich, and I learned how to be poor." I could abound, I could abase, no matter what state I'm in, I could be content. Paul learned that thing. Now, when you're a married man, you don't learn how to be content like that. Because if you you dare be content, Mrs. is going to say, whoa, wait a minute. This is not enough. So you're going to have to be a praying, working man. Savior, you hear what I'm saying, son? You You can't afford to be content with that little bit. You're going to have to need more, but you're going to have to do it the right way. Okay? All right. In any case, saints, obey God with your money. All right? Obey God with your money. Praise God. And I'm so, I'm so glad you're not in a church that's going to ask you to give everything you got and you don't have money for your mortgage. You, you, you don't go to that kind of church. Amen. Now, a preacher this afternoon might say, no, no, she won't. No, she won't. She won't do that, no. (laughs) Oh, God help us. But in any case, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all your necessities will be added to you. right? All these things, all your necessities will be added to you. Amen? Amen. And let's see what the Lord has to, for us to do. Let's obey God in the area of finances and watch him bless us. And let's be a blessing to each other. Help each other out. I'm so grateful that we're not living in the book of Acts where they sold all their possessions and brought it to the apostles. And we'll have it divided amongst us. Right? Some of us will backslide right away. we be like, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. Can't do that, right? And some 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 joker named Ananias lied to Peter, thought he was lying to Peter. Remember that last week? And he was lying to the Holy Ghost. You think you're lying to people. You're lying to God. And he dropped that, oh, no, no, no. Don't want to be part of that church. Mm-mm. I thank God for his grace and his mercy, his forgiveness and his second chances. Amen? Amen. So let's, let's remember. Let's remember to obey God in all areas of our life. So he could bless us. And we don't do it just for the blessing. We do it because it's right. All right? Remember, wealth is relative. If you want to be wealthy, take your New Jersey salary and move to Florida, Georgia, someplace like that. All right? And you got a raise already. That's right. You know? Don't move to Hawaii, though. Because you know you lost money. But take that New Jersey salary and go south with it. And you got a raise. Where the cost of living is a little better. You know? Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's stand together. Enough of that. Now y'all understand. Y'all have to throw out a disclaimer here. You husbands, you understand, right? That um, you could be content, but she won't be. All right. So, so just keep, keep, keep it coming. Keep it coming, man. All right. You know, and you may feel like she married you for your money, but she really didn't, 'cause you didn't have much money when you got married. Okay. So, but so, but she she see potential in you, so. So keep it coming. She married you despite your money. But she saw potential in you. Uh huh. And so keep it coming. Keep it coming in, man. But t- take care of the Lord's business alone. Take care of yours, okay? Father, in Jesus' name, we're so grateful because you're our God and our Father. You hear our prayers. Lord, help us to be wise in every area of our life. Give us understanding and wisdom and help us to seek you and to, and to trust you and consider you in all our ways, to acknowledge you in all our ways, even in the area of finances, in the area of health, in the area of our, our careers and, and vocations and ministries. Help us to seek you first, Lord, in our conduct with people, in our management of our goods, in our stewardship, and our leadership in our household. Help us, Father that we might be followers of Christ, the real disciples that obey you. Do these things for us, and we're so grateful for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and um, and you're not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we want to caution you now, um, and our caution to you is um, don't let this go on for a long time. You need to fix that right now. The Lord has a fix for you. He He opened up a way for everybody to be saved no matter who they are what they've done whom they belong to anything whatever the circumstances are the lord can save anyone cuz jesus has done all the work for salvation yes he has he's done all the work so don't worry about what you have or what you've done or who you've been with and all those other things your crimes and your your record don't worry about any of that stuff come to jesus Bring all that stuff with you. He saves, he heals, he delivers, he secures, and he'll do it for you just for the asking. Because God loves you like that. Not just you, but everybody else. Your friends, your relatives, your acquaintances, your neighbors, let them know that Jesus saves them all. Whoever wants to be saved can be saved through Jesus Christ. He has it that way. He'll do it for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. He'll do that thing for you because he loves you like that. And all you got to do is just trust in the Lord. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Amen. And that works for everybody. Amen. Amen. If you desire prayer for whatever you may desire prayer for, um, the ministers are here. We gladly believe God with you and pray with you whether it's physical healing or some other situation, anxiety, whatever you got going on, whatever you need prayer for, you have questions, you have questions that need to be answered, you want a new new job, whatever it is, um, whatever it is, whatever you think you lack or whatever you think you need, the Lord has a way to fix that for you. And we just offer prayer because we want to be in agreement with you. And we don't need to know your business. You can say, pray for me. I can't tell you what it is. God knows what it is. And we'll trust God. And we'll trust you too. Amen? So if any of those things apply, we want you to come at this time. Uh, you may be seated while those who are coming will come. Um, just and, and pray while you're in your seat so we believe God together for what he's doing for his people. If you're coming to intercede for somebody else, that's fine too. Amen. Your God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the workings of his power in you, in you today. Yes, he has it. Amen.